0: What is happening, everybody? Welcome to the uh, 15th episode of the Bantam Golf Podcast. Can't believe it's been 15 episodes. Got to admit, it was kind of weird not podcasting several days in a row. I got really used to it, and um, I'm feeling kind of out of sorts right now. So we'll see how well this one goes, how many times I stop and start. Hopefully it's not a ton. Uh, My goal is not to stop it at all this time. So if I get to rambling or if I uh, pause or something weird happens, maybe I need to drink a glass of water or a glass, a sip of water. Then, um, we're just going to keep, keep the, uh, keep this little record thing rolling as we say on here. Anyway, uh, moving on, my allergies are absolutely owning me right now as well. So I'm tired. Hopefully I don't sound super grumpy. On, on your stereo or wherever you're listening right now. But we'll just get right into things. A lot happening in the golf world, believe it or not. It's a Zurich Classic week. So we'll get into that towards the end. Uh, don't have a lot to say about it, I'll be honest. But I will. I do have some theories on who I think might win. No real surprises there. But uh, first off, I want to talk about it appears our boy Tiger has had surgery again on his ankle, which is such a bummer. There's. I couldn't even pronounce what kind of surgery or what was being repaired or how that went down or whatever, but it sucks. He's going to be out for a while rehabbing. It sounds like it's something that needed to happen uh, with the ankle, plantar fasciitis, his prosthetic leg. I don't I don't know or whatever that is, his wooden leg uh, I think is what they put in there, some sort of like wooden screws after that wreck. But, man, it doesn't sound good for the big cat. Uh, don't know how. I mean, he's – He's surprised us before, so I got to believe he can do it again. I mean, uh, I've said multiple times during these podcasts that I think he looked like absolute shit walking around. Game is decent. Swing is good. Everything else is clicking. The dude just can't walk, and that's a bummer. So hopefully he will get all this fixed and then get back to grinding and being able to walk. And, ah, man, it just breaks my heart, you know? He's a hero to many of us and the reason a lot of us play golf. So get well, Tiger. Um, Please, soon. We're all rooting for you. We want to see you play well again. Um, You won't hear this, but just know that there's some people out here that, well, there's a lot of people out there that are pulling for you and rooting for you. So that's all I'll say about that. Kind of a bummer. Other thing I want to talk about, Matt, Matty Fitzpatrick uh winning last week at Harbortown. Great story. The playoff was awesome. Um I didn't watch as much of it as I as I wanted to. Don't have a good excuse. I actually I do. I played, I played five holes. We'll get to that in a second. And I played on Friday. So we'll get to that in a second. But uh that was a hell of a performance by him. Um was bummed. Not I was bummed that none of my picks one that sucks right you know if you got money out there i did put some money on Cantlay um last week i think i mentioned that in jt and morikawa but cantley had a he had a chance on sunday and that's all we need you know it gave me some rooting interest i think i took a uh sheffler maybe on friday afternoon or saturday one of those days where he was like plus 1200 again i don't know i just feel like he he's always in the mix and he's get, he's going to win One of these where he's just hanging around the top of the leaderboard at some point, but pretty cool story that the Fitzpatricks used to go there. And I know you've heard about it if you have paid any attention to golf, but I love that, man. I love traditions. I love family traditions. I love family vacations. Uh, I want to say that if you have a spot that you love, that you grew up going, like uh, and maybe I should have posed this on Instagram or Twitter or something before I did this podcast. But if you had a, have a spot that you went to as a child, let's say, and you played golf and you learned the game and you played tennis and did all this stuff, and then you came back to it and won a golf tournament, like, where where's your spot? Where's your family vacation? My family went down to uh, Florida every year. We started at Destin then went down to 30A, and now we've got a place at 30A. So we go down there a lot, but I can't imagine, like, growing up playing one of these courses and then as a professional, you know, coming back and winning and, and just what a feeling that must be for Fitzpatrick. So, uh, good for him. Not my favorite golfer in the world, just personality wise, but I don't, I don't dislike him. You know, I mean, I, I think everybody, and and it's safe to say that if you're a golf fan that you have golfers, you pull for, right? I mean, I talk about Rory and Tommy and, who, who else do I love? There's there's people that I tend to gravitate towards, and I don't know if it's personality or the way they play the game. And that might be something to explore. Maybe it's psychological. Maybe I need to get a uh, psychologist. Is that the right word? Yeah, in here to discuss it with me. That'd be cool, you know, to have like a Bob Rotella or something like that on to talk about, um, you know, what maybe why people pull for certain athletes or what what in you drives... You know, like, why would you like, I loved Kobe Bryant because he was kind of a villain for a little while. I loved Michael Jordan who didn't love Michael Jordan, but I did love Kobe because he played that villain role so well for, I feel like a good majority of his career. Kind of like, you know, I I don't know. I liked Rory too. He seemed like he was kind of a, a, an outcast for a while and now he was in and now he's out. So who knows anyway, but uh, Matty Fitz, great win. Good job, buddy. Uh, we're just going to move on to the next thing here on my list. Um, I think it's a good, probably a good thing to talk about something that is very near and dear to me. Something that I talk about all the time that I am a, so opposed to, and I'm fired up that it's in the news right now in the golfing world is slow play. I hate slow play. There is, that is my, I think that's my biggest pet peeve on the golf course I cannot play if look golf should be if you're a decent golfer if you know the rules if you know how to play it should be like three and a half hours for a foursome max now I'm not saying that's just my personal opinion four hours is sort of what they say you should be totally fine four hours I get it four and I and I can do four and a half at a resort course or if I'm the guest of somebody and I'm playing at a nice club and we have caddies and whatever, but like rounds should not take five hours. Rounds should not take five and a half hours rounds at a municipal golf course, a public course, whatever you want to call them should be max four to four and a half. And I said max, but for max four and a half, I do not understand slow play. I think it's one of the, it it hurts the sport, in my opinion. It's something that I think really turns people off to playing. You know, if you have, if you're like, hey, you want to go play, like for example, our public courses in Nashville are absolute dog shit. I'm sorry if that offends anyone. Actually, Gaylord out by Opryland, love that course. Had a conversation about it today. But most of them, like if you want to go get on McCabe, which is here in town. First off, you have to like know almost know somebody or like, I don't know, win the lottery to get a tea time. They act like it's like the hardest place to get on, but we just don't have enough courses. So everything is fucking jammed up. And then if you want to go play, you have to set aside like five hours or five and a half hours because you have so many ding-dongs out there just fucking around. And it drives me absolutely insane. Uh, some things I think that are important and how you pick up, how you pick up the pace of the game. And I don't, and I play fast. And like, if you played with me, you know, I play fast. I'm prepared. I think being prepared to hit the shot is so important. Like, let me give you an example. Let's say you and your buddy hit two balls, one on the right side, one on the left side of the fairway. Okay, maybe you drive in the middle. Somebody gets out, you go right, your buddy goes left. You know, you're looking at, and he's behind you, so he's got to go first, right? Well, maybe you take your range finder out there and you shoot it, and then after he hits, you're ready to go. But that's not how most people play. Most people, I feel, are well, I don't want to say most people because I'm, I don't know how most people play. I know how people that don't play fast play, and these people just sort of like dilly-dally. They sit in the car, they talk, they watch their buddy hit and then he gets in, puts his clubs back in, then they drive over to the other guy's ball. And like why? Like like you're with you're going to be with the person for 4 hours, right? At minimum probably if you're in a foursome, if you're playing on a crowded day. So like be prepared. Like go figure out what you need. And if you played before, like especially if you played the course you have to have some idea of where the ball's going and how far you are I mean you, you just do it would be impossible like if you're a member at a club like there's no reason your round should take four and a half hours because my assumption is you've played that course multiple times so like if you're on let's say hole two and it's a 200 yard par three and you either hit like a five iron or a four iron maybe, or utility wood or whatever you, and you hit some, somewhere between two clubs, no matter where the flag is, like you're going to know when you get up there, you don't need, you don't necessarily need to shoot it because most amateur golfers are not, you're not good. And I'm sorry if this breaks somebody's heart, but you're not good enough to put the ball within like two yards of what you're shooting. You're just not, I'm sorry. And that's, it drives me crazy. So if you're like on the 150 and you look, like let's say you're right around the 150 and you look at the little pin sheet and it's like plus 10. Oh, well, that's 160. Okay, well, I'm gonna I usually hit my seven, iron 160 yards. So maybe I can just get up there and I'll just take my seven and aim for the middle of the green, or I'll aim for the pin, whatever. Like just just do it, you know? And I'm sorry, this fires me up. You should not just be prepared, right? Okay, that felt good. Honestly, that felt so. It felt really good to get that out of my system because this is something that is so important to me. And it would be great to have somebody on to come on to talk about slow play and things that you can do to speed up. Like looking at your putt from all angles. Like no, you don't need to do that if it's like. And and I get it. Like you could be playing for a hundred dollars a hole, a thousand dollars a hole. But I think you're not. You're not a pro. Like I'm sorry, you're not. Just. Look at it, get some idea, and just, just fucking hit the putt, right? You don't need to do the aim point stuff. Like, just ugh, drives me crazy. So that's my rant on slow play. Glad it's back in the news. Can't lay, whatever. He's a pro. They'll figure that out at some point. I'm sure they're going to, you know, at the end of the season, they'll figure out some sort of uh, clock or something to get these guys moving. So just want to say that. You'll probably hear about it. Multiple times on that podcast, on this podcast, because I I do, it is super important to me. So speaking of slow play, moving to the next subject, I just want to give a shout out to parents that take their kids to the golf course and keep pace. We took my son, um, who's one just to kind of watch and hang out this weekend. And that was awesome. Like, it's just, it was so cool to have my son out there with me. And he said he was. In, he and my wife were in the cart for the most part, but he did get out and run around, and we did keep pace because it was just me, just me playing, and we were in between foursomes, so we had plenty of time. But we only ended up playing five holes, but uh, we were fast. So, but shout out to parents that are introducing your kids to the game. I think it's super important. Uh, one of my buddies, who I ran into, we were talking about. Um, I said, man, you know, he was, oh, this is your son. We were having that conversation. He's a really good golfer. He's like a plus. And he's like, I was like, dude, your boys play golf. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, they love it. And I'm like, well, and they're 10 and 12 years old or somewhere around there. So I said, how did you do it? And he said, oh, well, I made it fun for them. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, how so? And he said, well, when we went to play golf, he's like, I let them run around. I let them, like, play in the creek. And I let them, and I'm sure it was Sunday at, like, 4, not during the busy golf hours, but he's like, I let him play in the, um, yeah, let him play in the sand. I let him hit some shots every now and again. And he's like, and I just made it fun for him. So contrast that with, Hey, another one of my buddies, we were talking about taking kids to the course and he was like, no wonder my kid take golf because all I do is yell at them the whole time. Hey, get out of there or hit your shot or don't do this. And I thought that was really funny because Uh, my dad didn't yell at me when I was growing up, but like he definitely helped or I'm going to say helped. He gave me pointers the entire time. Like I would shank shots and just play like absolute shit. And he would be like, well, here's what you need to do. And I was like, oh my God, this is not fun. This is, this is miserable. Like I don't understand how somebody could have fun. And it also made no sense to me because I was like, I've got to, I just, I don't understand. Like when I was a kid, and even sometimes now I get frustrated because I'm like, why is this game so hard? Like it shouldn't be. I have this club looking thing with a somewhat fat bottom. And if I can just make contact, it should go straight. But as we all know, that's not how golf goes, which leads to my next point on here and something that I uh, just kind of wanted to mention before we talk just a tiny, tiny bit about the Zurich Classic this weekend is I hadn't played and I've told a few people this and they thought I was absolutely full of shit, but I hadn't played a round of golf since October. My first round was I think three weeks ago. So what is that? That's October, November, December, January, February, March. It's like five or six months off almost. I may have done the math wrong in there. I was just kind of counting in my head, but I needed a break. And I think it's good from time to, you know, from time to time to take a little breather, especially when it's something you love. And I honestly, I got to this point at the end of last summer where I was just frustrated, you know, like the ball wasn't going where I needed it to go. And I wasn't making any putts and like my short game had gone. And I just was like, man, I can't do this anymore. Like, You know, I almost like, and I've said, I was, I think I say I'm going to quit once every round probably, but like golf had just become kind of a drain. And then I was taking a bunch of people to play, you know, who I was trying to entertain and get business for my job job. And like, that was exhausting because it felt like I was like selling the whole time and trying to get clients. And so I just got like, so burned out and the break was nice. I didn't really pick up a club. Like I still was actively involved in golf, obviously. You know, if you follow my Instagram account, I try to post at least once a day, but I just didn't want to play, you know, it just didn't have the same, uh, feeling or it didn't have, it didn't have what I needed. I mean, I'm talking about it like it's, it was, it was a drug and I'm recovering and sometimes, and sometimes it is, but I played Let's see, I played in a qualifier for a, and I think I mentioned that probably on a couple episodes ago, but um, if, if this is old news, then I'm sorry. But I played in a qualifier at my club just because it was the last day and I really wanted to play in this tournament. Played in it, made it, and that was cool, but it was 40 mile an hour gust, one of the hardest days that I've ever played. I ended up and I'm a five, 5.2 or 5.3 index, whatever. But I ended up shooting 90 because we had these awful gusts and my ball was going everywhere and it was nuts. And I hadn't played in six months, didn't do any warming up because we got to the course and we were, I think second off. And it was just two of us, my dad and I, and the guys in front of us were like, Hey, why don't you go ahead? And I was like, Oh shit. Cause I hadn't even warmed up, but went out there and did it. And then that was the first time I played since October. Second time I played was Friday, got a text from a buddy. He took me to his club and with three other buddies. And it was awesome. Didn't really keep score, was just kind of hitting shots, had a couple beers and it was, it was, it was great. It was exactly what I needed. So all that to say, I feel like with golf, especially, and you know, pretty much anything that you love, right? If you, love something and you do it often and you do it all the time. And you know, it. it, sometimes it can just become almost a burden, right? And we need to step away from it to really realize just how important it is to us. And so that five, four and a half, five, six, whatever months off from actually playing golf and grinding and trying to get better, it was great for my soul. But I'll tell you what, getting back out there and playing Friday with some buddies Friday afternoon, perfect weather, good friends who I hadn't hung out with in a minute, few beers, and then taking my son and my wife to sit with, you know, to watch, uh, on Sunday, man, that was good for my soul. That's exactly what I needed. And I've been practicing this week, so I'm amped. It's the season. We are fired up. The Masters is over. We've got another major coming in the next couple weeks, and it's it's time, man. You know, it's golfing time. So I'm excited. We're all excited. Uh, this week on the PGA Tour, we've got the – let's see. Do I have anything else before we talk about uh, – what is it? The Zurich Classic. Yes. We'll get to that in one second. The other thing I want to mention, if anyone's listening, if you're a Scotty Cameron aficionado, collector, whatever – Please be on the lookout for a Napa for me. It's, I can't, I, I need this putter, right? Don't want to spend over $1,200 probably on it. And I know, th- and that's like, that's max. Like that that is like desperation mode, Napa, Scotty limit. That's what I've set for it. Because you can find some for like $3,700, $2,500. I think I saw one for $5,600 on eBay the other day. I don't know why the Napa is that popular, don't know why it's that expensive. I guess just because there's not many of them floating around. And one 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 appeared, right? I've been on the search for this since I would say, when was this? Probably about eight or nine months ago. I went and had a putting. I was going to get fitted for a putter. Went. The uh, coach over at my club, TJ, was like, dude, here's the putter's the best. He's like, I'm not going to sell you a putter after he hooked me up on all these machines. He's like, but you need to putt with one of these putters and he said it's either a Scotty Napa, a Laguna, or something along those lines, which they don't make those new anymore. So tried the Laguna, didn't love it, dying to get a Napa. So if you or anyone you know has a Napa and they want to unload it, please let me know. I had one in my grasp the other day. One one came on eBay on Sunday night. I was looking at it. It was buy it now it was like 850 Whatever, and I was like, man, I don't know if I want to spend that much money on it. The auction started at six hundred. I was like, let me sleep on it, right? I don't need to, you know, don't need to act crazy here. Woke up the next morning and it was gone. Somebody had grabbed it. Went to Goodwill the other day. I'm gonna start going to thrift shops. I'm gonna start try. I'm gonna try to find old Scotties. I'm obsessed with these putters. They're my favorite putters in the world. Um, I don't know how many I have right now. Probably way too many, but I I love them. I putt with them. You know. And if I don't love it, I'll put it back into the market so that somebody can find it. I think we'll do a podcast on putters soon because I love to talk about Scotties. I love to talk about putting. I think putting is so personal. I really do. I don't think you can like, I don't think you can get putting lessons because everybody's body is so different and coach may shoot me for saying that. But like I do, I think putting is so personal to the individual and there's, a million different ways to do it. There's some things that make you a good putter, but, uh, and a great putter, obviously, but like, there's no, it's not, it's so different than the swing. So we'll get into that later. But the last thing I'm already at, Oh my goodness. I'm already at 22 minutes. This is insane. How did this happen? Uh, so for the Zurich classic, really cool event team event, as you know, um, teams are random, AF like there there's some random teams in there it's a mess I don't know how uh, I don't if you're like a professional gambler professional better whatever don't know how in the world you would not bet on Xander and Cantley. you just be like okay I'm just gonna put my money on them I'll just whatever like how do you find a diamond in the rough here now I'm not saying Xander and Cantley are gonna win but uh they're the they're definitely the betting favorites definitely the best team in the mix here probably if if you want to look on paper um don't know much about this course i don't i don't watch a ton of this until sunday i love the alternate shot portion of this is amazing all if you haven't done alt shot d- do it sometime like find a partner and then find another you know two guys or whatever and go play alt shot or tell your club or your local golf course hey let's have an alt shot tournament because it is so insane uh, there's so much pressure cause you don't want to mess up for your partner and you're like, and if you put them in shit positions, it's funny, like a week later, but at the, at the time it's like, Oh bro, like really? Like I'm behind this tree or are uh, you hit it out of bounds and now I have to do this to recover. It's a blast. So I'm super stoked about, I think they've got all shot Friday and Sunday maybe. And then they do a little best ball deal. Thursday, Saturday, and if I have this wrong, I'm sorry. Um, so Thursday, best ball, Friday, all shot, and then I think 33 teams and ties, top 33 and ties, move on to the weekend. So should be a fun event. Don't know much about TPC New Orleans, um, but it looks cool. I have, I have no clue. I've done zero research on the course just because the team event, I think, matters the most and you don't know who's going to gel well together like my boy cashmere keith back on the cashmere keith train this week because he's with sun jm i think the two of them i i just i have a feeling just a i mean there's no way to pull numbers right you can't look unless you're looking at last year and it's like okay well xander and Cantley, that whatever like they're good we know this but you can't look at people that have just paired up and go okay well like i can decipher all this because there's so there's so many like I don't want to say X factors, but there's just so much weird shit that can go down with a partner event and that's what makes it so much fun. So I'm going to throw a little cheese on, is it cheese? I think I just screwed that up. I'm going to throw a little cheddar on, um, Sanjay and Keith, nothing huge, just for shits and giggles. Uh, again, there's no numbers. There's, it's just a feeling. Uh, next week, I think it's the Mexico open. So we might have to find some other things to talk about. Just kidding. No disrespect to that tournament. I'm just not sure who's going to be there. Um, I need, I meant to check that out this afternoon, but yeah, that's it. I'm going to do Sanjay Keith, a little bit of cash. I fully expect Xander and Shoffley to dominate as they did last year because they've got a good rapport, but We'll see. Should be a fun weekend. Um, hope you're playing golf. Hope the weather where you are is great. And I will hop on probably next week, man. I kind of wish I was doing this daily. It's so much fun to do this and hopefully the episodes are getting better and you're enjoying it. And I will talk to you sometime soon. Thanks so much for listening.